Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. To get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. And now, Amber and Nigel go off the rails with rock noise pollution. Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Also joining us live in studio, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to the segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Any number of places we could start. I want to get to your interview with uh, Attorney General, uh, former Attorney General Curtis Hill. I want to get to uh, Trump and Tucker. Let's start with the debates, though, last night. GOP primary. I, From my end, I thought that uh, everybody was kind of scared of Vivek Ramaswamy. And not scared, but they all were annoyed with him. They all came after him. What did you think of what you saw last night? It was like going to a JV basketball game yeah. where, you know, it's the same price whether you go to just the varsity game or you go early and you see the JV game. And, you know, you might see the future of the basketball team there and you're going to see a, a few good shots and some fine passing. But let's face it, there's a reason these guys are on the JV basketball team and not the varsity. And without a doubt, and the hits for Trump and Tucker shows it, Trump is the varsity game and those guys were the JV, and maybe four years from now, they'll amount to something. But it, just, it, it was there, and nobody, I don't think for the most part, was moved one way or another. If you're a Trump person, you're still a Trump person. And if you're not, well, what difference does it make which one of these losers you pick? So, do you see any vice presidential pick on that stage? Assuming Trump is going to be the nominee, uh, is there anybody on that stage that you would say they improved themselves last night and I could see Donald Trump hitching his wagon with that person? You almost think he has to pick a woman, don't you? If you And if you operate from that perspective, although it's Trump, so who knows what he has to do. There's no way he's picking Nikki Haley, of course. So, I mean, there's rumors of Tim Scott. He could go yeah, that direction I, as well. I guess, but man, he has just got so much work to do with women. Now, the, the, Tim Scott, was he there last night? Was he a part of the event? <laughs> Technically, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> it wasn't a good night for Tim Scott last night. Not because he embarrassed himself, but you forgot he was there. He didn't get in the conversation. Well, Hammer, we were talking about this in the back room. If you're any of those guys, what did you even have to lose? Especially if you're Hutchison or uh, Burgum. Like, why wouldn't you just go for zinger after zinger after zinger after zinger? Because, oh, you would have made yourself look bad. Nobody even knows you exist. You can only go up from where you are. What Some of it? these dudes are pulling a 1%, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't understand if you're Tim Scott, who got lost in the fray. He's a great speaker, great orator, inspiring guy, has an incredible story. And he just got lost in the shuffle. And the only memorable thing he said to me was he was totally dismissive of the eight gajillion dollars he spent during COVID. Ah, it doesn't count because it was during COVID. Bad performance for him last night. What do you make of everybody piling on Vivek? Back to my original point to open the segment. Doesn't Ramaswamy strike you as the sort of guy who once sold things out of the back of his car in high school? 
Like just <laughs> bootleg cologne and like starter jackets. And... I tweeted that last night. I said, what do you think is the sketchiest thing Ramaswamy has ever sold to somebody? Look, he's he's super charming and and very likable and charismatic, but he hasn't been vetted. And there's all sorts of things that have popped up about contradictory statements. The stuff he said about masking during COVID is highly offensive. And this happens every election cycle. There's some guy who rises. It was uh, uh, Herman Cain or uh, Gingrich was that for a while in 2012 and then people turn the fire on him and be like oh man i didn't know about that so we'll, we'll see but everybody's just running to be the also ran everybody's just running to be the alternative there's no way at this point how could trump lose if you have not broken from trump at this point what is going to happen that you're going to say that's it i'm done What'd you make of Ron DeSantis last night? Because he opened up the debate. I mean, he had energy. He had a great opening statement. And he kind of settled in a little bit because everybody else was piling on Ramaswamy. So he was like, hey, lucky to be me. No one's coming after me today. So he kind of just chilled out. Doesn't that show the internal polling for these people has Ramaswamy as the guy? I mean, there's nothing accidental that happens up there. And they all went after Ramaswamy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're right. I mean, I just think the problem with Ramaswamy is you have no track record of government, you know, policy. But so neither you, did Donald Trump, though. No, but 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 Trump is. A, so my point on all this, though, is Trump was the guy from the beginning, right? Trump was the alpha in the room from the beginning. And no offense to Ramos. Hold on, stop. What do you mean from the beginning? Because when he first announced, he wasn't polling very good at all. Now, wait a second. I remember a radio show on these very airwaves, a weekend show, (laughs) which later would become the number one show in the city of Indianapolis, where Rob Kendall came on the show and said, Trump's going to win and he's going to win easy. And everybody was saying how crazy I was. Those of us who knew what was going on knew the stuff he was talking about, which was, you know, it was it was jobs in America. It was the, it was the border. It was build the wall. It's they would have to go back. Right, but he wasn't polling well. That's my point. He was like, poll- you may have loved him and said this is going to be the guy, but he wasn't polling at the time above like Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz. Yeah, but after that first debate when he alpha dogged Rand Paul, you guys remember when the first question they get asked is who pledges to support the whoever the nominee is, and everybody raises their hand and Trump just kind of goes, yeah, I don't know. And then Rand Paul said something, and he basically then Trump looked at him like Mr. T and. Uh, Rocky and goes, quiet, woman. I <laughs> was the end of Rand Paul. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I mean, look, Ramaswamy's fine. He's not the entertainer Trump was. And I just don't think any of these guys matter. I think it's totally Trump. Trump's going to be the nominee. How could he not be? How could Trump not be the nominee at this point? What could possibly happen? Even if they found out Trump was a part of the Gacy house in the mid-70s, what could possibly happen that would stop Trump from being the nominee at this point? If he gets locked up, Let's just say that hell freezes over and Georgia or New York, they find him guilty and they send him to prison, Rob. I think he would run a campaign for prison. I, I think too. at this point, I think he would run a campaign for prison. And wow. I think that's I, I know. I know. And I know, Nige, you're shaking your head and I know it's crazy to think of. But could you see Trump at any point going, you know what, for the good of the country, I'm going to just step aside and let Ramaswamy or DeSantis or whoever else have it. There's no way. He'd he would run for prison. try to win and pardon himself. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> he would do that. Absolutely. The one guy we haven't talked about yet is Mike Pence. How'd you think he did last night? I think he's a good debater, if nothing else. I mean, I know you don't like the guy, but it's also one of those guys like Hammer saying, like, I'm not sure why 
stays up there? Like, what's gonna, what's his future going to be? What's his pathway to the nomination? Well, people who have dis, who have survived attacks by serial killers have described a moment where their expression changes and where they go from the lovable, wacky, whatever, to the vicious serial killer. Yeah. And I think, uh, not to compare Mike to a serial killer, <laughs> he's just killed the federal budget and, you know, the lives of Americans, but I'm not saying he's actually killed someone uh, in the flesh. But I think that's what you've seen with Mike Pence, where, hey, it's really easy to be likable, nice guy when everybody's kissing your ass and telling you, oh, you're the greatest and you're destined to be the president. And you saw it that turn during Tucker. You saw it in real time with that turn during with Tucker. When Tucker called him out on Ukraine, and then the crowd erupted on him. That stage in yeah, Iowa. Yeah, he didn't like that. And I think you saw it last night, too, where, hey, big boy, now you're on a stage where there's friendly fire, and you sucked as a governor, and you sucked as a congressman, and the 23-year-long Mike Pence con is blowing up in front of our faces, and he doesn't like it. He tried to be somebody he wasn't last night. Like yeah, You could yeah. tell like the consultants pulled Mike Pence aside and said, you know, there's a lot of people that think you're kind of a wussy or something that rhymes with it. So we need you to be really tough. We need you to be Mr. Tough Guy today. And he went out there and he was picking fights with Ramaswamy and he's yelling at Brett Baer. It seemed a little out of character. Well, he doesn't like to be challenged, Guy. And here was the missed opportunity last night because Mike Pence and the Pence family always tries to play the victim. Oh, people are just coming at us because of this or that. When they were having that conversation about uh, Mike Pence doing his constitutional duty uh, on January 6th, I have no idea why somebody didn't look at him and go, do you or do you not believe Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes? I have no idea why somebody on that stage didn't look at him and ask that question. Because if the answer is yes, then okay, I got a little respect for you, but you're done here. And if the answer is no, then why did you certify the election? Was your constitutional duty to certify uh, fraudulent votes? He never gets asked that question, and I have no idea why he keeps getting a free pass on that. One of my favorite things you tweeted last night, we talked about this earlier, Imagine being somebody who has donated to Hutchinson. Like, explain yourself if you are somebody who has donated, sent your hard-earned money to Asia Hutchinson. Look, we've had uh, careers in radio for a long time, so we've done some really shameful things to earn a living. But there's one guy, and I'm not going to name him because he's a super nice guy and, and has always been very nice to me, but I think he's working for his campaign as a coordinator of some sort. And on Twitter, his tweet popped up. It's like, Hutchinson really has a commanding presence up there. Hutchinson, you know, owning the stage or showing professionalism or whatever else it was. And it was like, dude, no matter how much they're paying you, that is not enough to send that tweet out because that guy's a disaster. You had the former attorney general and now gubernatorial candidate Curtis Hill call your program. Now, this was on the heels of a tweet that he had sent out, I believe it was the day before, where he said, and I'm paraphrasing, no mask mandates under my watch. Take me through that chat. Yeah, I'm excited Curtis is in the race because finally someone with a pulse that is a breathing, functioning human is a part of the governor's race. And I mean, think about what an open lane that is if you were Braun or Doden. Now, Silent Suzanne, of course, can't do it because she supported the mask mandates and the lockdowns. Chambers is not going to say anything about it because he's totally beholden to Holcomb, so so he's out. But if you're Braun or Doden, what an open lane that has been sitting there for you for the year that you've been running for governor 
and they won't say a single solitary word about it. And uh, Curtis Hill said, well, I will certainly walk right through that door because lots of people are super concerned about mask mandates coming back, about shutdowns, about lockdowns. They know Holcomb won't hesitate to do it again. And they know the Republicans have put nothing in place to stop Holcomb if he tries. And Curtis Hill said, I will gladly take these votes and I will be a person who will stand up for you not being compelled to wear a, a face mask that doesn't work, that doesn't stop you from getting COVID. Is anybody else, anybody else that's running and put their name in the ring for a governor of Indiana, they responded in any sort of way? Maybe not even indirectly. You, I heard you talking about uh, Silent Suzanne. I can't believe it. You've got me, call, me, you got me calling her Silent Suzanne. Suzanne Crouch um, <laughs> came out with something with a tax plan or something. Yeah, it's catchy, isn't it? Silent Suzanne. Yeah. It just works. Uh, yeah, so and, and this is the impact that Curtis had yesterday, where Silent Suzanne comes out and says, well, if I'm elected governor, I will abandon, uh, abolish the uh, the." income tax. My favorite thing with Suzanne wow. is she laments all these things wrong with government. I will get rid of spending. I will make government more accountable. I will suspend the, the get rid of the income tax. Lady, you've been lieutenant governor for seven damn years and you didn't do crap. <laughs> yes, sir. There but, but, Rob, hold on. What could she do as lieutenant governor? She Speak. Limited power. Speak. Use her vocal cords. Project out into the ether that you think things are wrong or that they shouldn't be being done or that it's a terrible idea. To have a meet and greet with the domestic terrorists. You know, a lot of people always say, wow. why do you call that segment Off the Rails? That. That is why we call it Off the Rails. Um, what are we, what are you hearing about this uh, potential new head of the Indiana GOP? Because we just spent some time talking about it, and it sounds like birds of a feather may flock together. The brain trust that brought you the Shreve gun grab plan yeah. for law-abiding Republican citizens now wants to put somebody perhaps at the head of the table in the GOP? Well, I actually, so Anne Hathaway is who uh, Holcomb has nominated, uh, a longtime party insider stooge. I actually had the great misfortune of having uh, multiple run-ins with Anne Hathaway when I uh, worked for not one, not two, but three state auditors in about a nine-month span. And uh, if you ask me today, Rob, would you rather have another run-in with Anne Hathaway uh, for any length of time or slam yourself between the eyes with a ball-peen hammer, I would choose the ball-peen hammer, which makes her the perfect choice to run the Indiana Republican Party, because we are the party of big taxes. We are the party of big spending. We are the party of of, of uh, donors and lobbyists and political insiders, and then raising taxes, or we call them fees now, on, a, on other regular people to pay for special interest stuff. And Anne Hathaway will be absolutely perfect, continuing the legacy of Kyle Hupfer. And again, one of the masterminds behind the gun grab plan from Jefferson Shreve has got some very cozy ties to this woman. This is what people hearing our voices need to realize, and I, I'm not being flippant, I'm not being facetious when I say this. The, the Marion County Republicans and the establishment wing of the Republican Party in this state hate conservatives far more than they hate Democrats. They loathe you and they loathe your existence. And if you told them you have to give in to conservatives or you have to give in to Democrats, they're giving in to Democrats every single time. And the example you just gave is the best proof I can give you. What's coming up on the show tomorrow? Well, Trump's got a mugshot at some point, And so we'll be very excited about that. Plus, did he weigh in over or under the 273 and a half pounds? <laughs> He's doing the Way in challenge too. <laughs> He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.